Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Siren, the voodoo doll, has been exciting, amazing, and sometimes crazy. I have actually had someone offer me their soul over Twitter. Can you believe that? I believe it, but I also believe that they're out of their mind because I can only imagine what kind of torture and crazy things that Siren, the voodoo doll of wild superheroes, would do with somebody's soul. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I only exact pleasure from my fans. <laughs> I only give them what they want. If you offer me your soul, I can tell you that it's in good hands. Well, I don't know, because what we saw this this season here, season two of WoW Superheroes, Siren the Voodoo Doll and Holly Dead took the soul of Princess Aussie. And, and I'm telling you, I was completely thrown for a loop because one minute she's under your spell and the next minute she seems like she's fine and then she's under the spell again. What was going on with that whole trio there and, and why were you playing games with her? Aussie offered her soul to achieve something better. I took her soul in my hands and I birthed something greater and y'all will see that in season three siren the voodoo doll was, was on more episodes than even wild superheroes champion at the time tessa blanchard what do you attribute that to the fact that you were on tv that often i mean I, there may have only been maybe one or two episodes where siren the voodoo doll didn't have some kind of involvement was this some kind of spell that that you cast on David McLean and the folks that, that operate Wild Superheroes, or what was that all about? There was no spell. David McLean knew what he was getting into when he booked me. David McLean knew the spider that is Siren the Voodoo Doll. David McLean let me weave my web, and he let me have what I wanted, and I wanted Aussie. Siren the Voodoo Doll, as everybody knows out there who's ever follow along the Duke Loves Wrestling uh, Twitter page and what have you, you terrify me because I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of voodoo. I'm afraid of, of you know, the, what they would consider the black magic or, or what have you there. So I want to make sure I'm, I don't want any problems here. But I want to talk to your alter ego. I want to talk to Nina Monet, as we know her on the indie wrestling scene, one of the top stars, somebody who is really... Uh, blazed the path of glory on the indie scene for the past eight years going on here. Where is Nina Monet? And Nina, if you can hear me in there, how does it feel to have these multiple personalities? Do you ever get confused? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see if I can summon her. <laughs> Nina. Hey, Duke. 
<laughs> Nina Bonet. Okay, well, see that, folks. We got it. We have a Sybil on the on the line here. Uh, Nina Bonet. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> I just asked a, a general question here. How are you doing with all these multiple personalities that are going on inside that head there? Uh, they're the same personality, to be honest. They're, one has evolved into the other, and I appreciate the evolution. That's all you can do in this life, evolve or die out like a dinosaur. So, Well, you definitely are, are far from a dinosaur, that's for sure. And it's it's really, really cool knowing that, you know, nearly eight short years ago, you got your start in the professional wrestling business. You have wrestled most of the top stars that we see out there right now uh, in, in the top companies and at the top of all these different indie promotions. How does it feel to, all these years later, continue to be wrestling folks that you started off with? in the business it actually feels pretty great because i'm literally watching everybody grow and kind of come into themselves i so many people having this platform with the wow superheroes like it's fun to see my friends to see where they've come from to see them uh, for instance havoc i've i met her a long time ago in rise and it was interesting to kind of see her constantly move up. I, I don't know. I am still wrestling these people. I'm still having these matches. And I love everything that they put me through. I found an old picture of Fire. As we know, we're in, in Wild Superheroes. We're talking about Kira Hogan, somebody who grew up a major wrestling fan in her own right. I found a picture from from years ago where she was standing in the middle of a wrestling ring with a microphone in her hand because she was interviewing you, the wrestling star. And now here you are all these years later, and you're actually having matches against each other and what have you. Uh, what is that like to see somebody who went from giving interviews to now she's, she's a, a tag team champion? It has been amazing because, honestly, the character work that we did then – has kind of like pushed her forward. She, um, I think at the time she wasn't really sure if she was going to be in wrestling, but she was training at WWA4 uh, with Fox. And to see her kind of move from an announcer to a wrestler to a tag team champion on national TV has been amazing. I keep using that word amazing, but it literally has been interesting to watch her grow. But one of the things that we've done before we're the custom, and so I literally watch her work out. I watch her get her body, like, and she, first of all, oh, girl, she don't need to get her body right. Her body was right to begin with, but she literally had put herself through the ringer to get to impact, to get to wow, and I've watched the ups and downs, and I'm literally proud of her. I'm proud of what she's doing, where she's going, and it can only get better for her. Well said. Well said. And, you know, your tag team partner in, in WOW, Holly did. Here's somebody who, again, you can go back years. I mean, folks, if you go on YouTube, for instance, or you Google it, you'll see Nina Monet wrestling all of these top stars because she is a top star in her own right. 
and look at the look at the dates. Look at the dates on on these matches and these interactions and what have you. You and Holiday have known each other for a while. What does it feel like to now be partnered up with her and legitimately be two of the top stars on a nationally syndicated TV show? Holiday has always been there, like to be supportive of me. Like she was always that kind of voice in my head, where it's like, you already know this. You could do better. You 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 you're good. And sometimes she carried me through the seasons where it's just like, this is stuff that you know. She, you wrestled on the indie. This is what you do. This is what you love. And I will always remember one of the things that she said to me. She's like, um, it was a quote from Sade from her song, like, this is no ordinary love. Like, yes, wrestling will put you through the this. Uh, well, well. going back to that phrase, we'll put you through the ringer, but at the same time, you love it so much that you can't leave it alone. And I've literally watched her grow as well. Like right now she's in the UK. Right now she's she's gone to Japan. And she's even been on uh, NXT as Cammy Fields. And I love watching her stuff. Like I'm a sentimental person and... Sometimes it makes me cry when, like, the people around me get what they deserve. And it's just like, girl, yes, go get your dad, girl. But she's she's somebody who I admire. Um, I was ecstatic that they put me with her at WOW, and I'll forever be grateful. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And it's always fun when you see tag teams that actually get along with each other because I'm sure you've seen it through the years. That's not always the case to know that you both are truly are friends and you truly appreciate and support each other. That's great. In fact, I, I know that, you know, when we take a look at your social media, uh, another one of your friends and, and, and former tag team partner, Asia Pereira, here's another yeah. one. Oh, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh-oh. <laughs> because you don't want me to say it. It's Asia Pereira. I, see, I, I corrected myself, but you. I'm glad that you, because, listen, I don't want her to pimp slap me like she's been pimp slapping everybody. Oh, her backhand. Face. Yes, her backhand yeah. is severe. Has, yep, as being somebody who's been on the receiving end of that, it is severe. Um, yeah, we went to Mexico together uh, twice, actually. Um, whew, let me tell you about that. In Mexico, they will try you. <laughs> and when they see that you can hang, they'll respect you. It was great having somebody to come home to, to talk to, to talk about our situation, how we're going to handle this, da-da-da-da-da, sabada, sabada, sabada. I will be forever grateful to Aja for that experience in Mexico. We actually did not get the tag belt. We fought hard for them. Um, I actually ended up in a hair versus hair match and <laughs> unfortunately lost and uh, got all of my hair shaven off. Thank God for genetics because <laughs> my head does not look weird when it gets shaved. And she was there to hold my hand uh, as I got my hair shaved. appreciate Aja for opening that door. Shout out to Aja 
Pereira, please don't backhand me. I, I apologize. I, I know I'm, backhand I'm not the first or the last. <laughs> and then she might dance on it after she after she backhands me. See something. But you you both made a great tag team with each other, and I remember that. Uh, again, folks, go to YouTube. Go to YouTube, Nina Monet. You can check it out. You know, really, really great. That's that's another thing that I appreciate about you is that your career is pretty well documented out there. Um, I don't know if it was on purpose or just luck of the draw, but... Luck of the draw. Also, uh, warning, if you do go on YouTube, I curse like a sailor. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> Look, it's in Mexico, and nobody... They they got with it. I was I was a cursor, so I was actually born in New Jersey, but I am South Carolinian through and through, Geechee soul. Okay, um, okay. Talk to us about this. When you say Geechee, talk to us about this because we're we're talking about a, a culture and a, and a history that goes back deep. Give us um, some so, information from your family perspective uh, in terms of being Geechee. Geechee is basically culture that was developed when. We came to the South, uh, to the Carolinas. It is relative to Haitian, which is why I understood that culture and it was something that was natural to me. Geechee is basically a form of <laughs> working group. Um, I, I don't know if you ever heard about, heard that? You've heard that. Everybody, everybody has heard working group, a form of working with your natural surroundings, of working with the earth of working with what is given to you because to be honest we have made something out of nothing every time um and that's just as a black woman honestly you make something out of nothing every time i mean it's a culture it's a way of life it's who you are right exactly when we see whether we're talking about siren the voodoo doll or or whether we're talking about nina we we see the Geechee culture and all that comes with it and everything that you do in that ring and even on the microphone when you're doing your promos, which it brings me to my next point that everyone has been dying to hear about. What is up with this voodoo stuff? Do you really practice voodoo? What's going on here? I really practice voodoo. I really practice. Um, honestly, going back to Geechee, I practice hoodoo. It's a combination of West African beliefs is a combination of Native American beliefs, and it's also a combination of, like, what has been developed in America. So uh, if if you're sick, I, I know exactly what you need to heal you. If you are limping, I'll massage it out so that you get a feel for your body and then you know what to do. So everything that I preach, I kind of practice, Crystals, crystals have a certain vibration to it. Um, I actually got Aja into crystals. I got my friends into crystals because they actually, it works. It works. It's, it's your lodestone. It is something to hold on to. It is something to make sense of the world because it actually works. But I am very much an out there, like, <laughs> hippie <laughs> practice a combination of beliefs because they actually work. So, yes. Voodoo is the uh, the face that I put forward, but voodoo is the combination of so many beliefs 
that it's being one with nature, it's being one with what actually works for the body. Well, now that I have you on the line here, okay, Nina Monet, Siren the Voodoo Doll, the the, the practitioner, the practitioner of Voodoo, <laughs> the the woman who knows about crystals and the earth and and, and Geechee culture and understands Voodoo and the whole nine yards. I'm a I'm a twelve twelve baby. That's that's my birthday, December twelfth, and we know mm-hmm. we just had the last full moon of the oh. year. Of the decade, yes. Of the decade, exactly. Do, do you have any any kind of uh, uh, advice or any kind of insight on people like myself who were born on twelve twelve and have all of this kind of energy around us? Mm-hmm. That you're absolutely lucky. Um, twelve twelve is crazy, but twelve twelve in this particular time, this previous time, is just like. 12-12, this past time has been kind of a thing of letting go, letting go of your past, and and honestly, like, understanding who you are going forward. Let everything come to you. Let love, let money come to you. It's, it has been an extraordinary year for a lot of people, but this is your time. This is an upcoming decade. It's a, It's intention. It's who you want to be, what you want to be, what can you do. And that's for a lot of people. But for you in particular, for you, you have got to have the last full moon of the decade on your birthday. And everybody who listens to the show, you folks know that I have to show off. I can't just do things, okay? I got to have the last full moon. I got to have a birthday and the, and the day that I was born be the same number. That's right. If, if we're going to do it, we've got to do it big. And that's why we have Nina Monet, a.k.a. Siren the Voodoo Doll, Wild Superheroes. That's why we have her on the show, because we do it big. We do it big. And this is how we're going to usher in the year 2020. So what are your goals? What are your goals for the new year? Because this is our, our uh, end-of-the-year episode. What are some of the, the things that we can expect from both Nina Monet and Siren the Voodoo Doll in 2020? Japan. <laughs> I really want to go to Japan. I really want to experience everything that's happening in Tokyo. I really want to experience marvelous. God, I want to experience marvelous. I, I really want to get there and really bang it out. But um, I also really want to go to UK. Just figure out their wrestling how because I'm a cis person. I'm not even going to lie. I I will not hurt you, but I will stiff you. And that is something that I have admired about UK wrestling for the longest. And Japan, too. It's just like that is where I'm supposed to be. I am looking forward to that. I am looking forward to another season of WOW. I am looking forward to even wrestling in Georgia because wherever I go, I'm going to bang it out. Those are some big goals there. So basically, wherever you are around the world, I know you've been watching Siren the Voodoo Doll and Wild Superheroes. You may be familiar with Nina Monet, especially if you're up to date on your your YouTube wrestling watching, which a lot of you are on. She's really been in all the major top indie promotions, especially the the women's wrestling-focused promotions, what have you. You could possibly see her in your country. 
you're in the UK, mm-hmm. if you're in Japan, so anybody who's a booker or if you know any bookers, come on. Get up in those DMs. Let Siren the Voodoo Doll, a.k.a. Nita Monet, let her know that you want her to be on your tour. Bring her in. Make that happen. That's right. That's right. In fact, what, what is your social media? Let everybody know what your social media is. Wow, underscore voodoo. My Instagram is negrodama02. And also you can find me at Monet underscore Nina on Twitter. So one of the, the greatest things in Wild Superheroes history happened at the end of season two, and I want to get your take on it real quick. Uh, Tessa Blanchard was defeated by the woman that she has been ducking and hiding from, the woman that's been chasing her all season long, even going back to season one. We're talking about the unstoppable force, the amazing, amazing superhero in our own right, the Beast. What do you? How do you feel about the Beast being the Wild Superheroes champion? And, and especially, we're talking about a black woman who is 100% herself on international TV, and she is the face of Wild Superheroes. She is the face of a pro wrestling company. What do you think about that, Sarah? I literally cried when she got that belt. I literally cried because it was so... To have that recognition, to have that black woman in power was amazing. I love Tessa. Don't get me wrong. I love Tessa. She is amazing in her own right, and I keep using that word because these women are amazing. Tessa can pull a match out of anybody but Beast. Oh, my gosh. She went there. She grabbed that title because it belonged to her. She was that black woman, the first black woman to win a belt. And, wow, I cannot expound upon how much that made me feel good inside. And I know it made our little girls feel good inside. And it's just to have that woman who is strong, who has muscles, who has been through everything in life she is a wonderful stunt model and for her to come in and be able to do all of that to push herself it lets others know that they can push themselves and they can be great that's right listen before i let you go i got a question for you and again you're somebody who you're on national really international television with Wild Superheroes on Access TV. And you have been on TV. You're you're definitely one of the more frequent faces on the TV show. How does it feel to be a black woman being presented on TV in such a strong and positive light? You're allowed to be yourself and do what you do best. And knowing that so many people from around the world, especially young people, are able to turn their TV on, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and they can see somebody that looks like them be this mega star. And because of that, they can believe that maybe one day they can do that too. How does it feel to to be in such an important position? (laughs) It kind of makes you feel like Spider-Man, you know, with uh, great power comes great responsibility. 
I forever want to be a positive influence to girls around me. I had a little girl come up to me, and in the middle of me wrestling with a man in Macon, Georgia, she created a doll, and she gave it to me, and it was, like, one of the most heartwarming moments that I've had. I want little girls to realize that they can be whoever they want. They can fight whoever they want, and they can create whatever world that they want to create. And as a black woman, letting little black girls know that even more, that is why I do it. To be honest, it's just amazing. (laughs) I'm not going to tear up. It's just amazing to see our little girls, like, grow up to be these amazing women, to do whatever they want. I also teach, so it's amazing to watch these little black girls, like, oh, I'm an amazing painter, then I'm going to do that, and not to feel any kind of limit or to feel like they're being held back. And I am so grateful to be a part of that movement to push these girls forward. Merry Christmas, and welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. That's right, Jack. I'm telling you right now, it is Christmas Day, and I can't think of a better way to start off the show than with a fantastic interview with Siren the Voodoo Doll. You know, that's what they call her in WoW Superheroes, a.k.a. Nina Monet on the indie scene. What a fantastic person, or I should say people. There's a split personality thing going on there. <laughs> I really appreciated uh, speaking to Siren, a.k.a. Nina just really, really sharp, has a lot of information, a lot of love for others, and most importantly, a talented person who needs to be reminded of how talented she is because she really is just a fantastic wrestler and an even better human being. So shout out to Nina Monet, a.k.a. Siren the Voodoo Doll from Wild Superheroes. Listen, folks, Santa Claus just left. I'm going to be up front and tell you right now, I didn't get any coal in my stocking this year. Okay, I didn't get any coal. I got slippers and gloves, scarf, hat, you name it, you know, gift cards, all that good stuff there, but no coal. I saw a meme. I saw a meme that suggested that all the people who get coal should just have a barbecue. Just take all the coal, put it together, throw it in the grill, light that sucker on fire, throw some burgers, some some steaks, have a barbecue. I think that's a great idea, right? Talk about turning uh, chicken, you know what, into chicken salad. That's right. That's right. So we had the fantastic interview with Siren, a.k.a. Nina, and we're not going to stop this party yet, Jack, because I'm telling you right now, the return of my good friend, Big Vito Lagrazo. Oh, my goodness. You know, it always gets crazy when Vito comes on the show. It's no holds barred. We just say whatever is on our mind. There's no filter there. So stay in fact, you know something? I'm not even going to wait. Let's just jump right into it. My interview. Once again, the man, he's back. Big Vito Lagrazo. It's the end of the year, folks. And, you know, circling back and, and reaching out to some friends of mine and just making sure they're all right and catching up and thinking about where we go from here, you know, 2020, the new year, it's going to be great. But there are some items that certainly need to be cleaned up. And there's certainly some people out there who have earned
earned a little bit of ire. They've earned a little bit of uh, recognition and not in a good way, okay? There was a, a publication that posted a, a some ridiculous list. You know that clickbait stuff, folks. A ridiculous list. And within it, they took a few shots at my friend, Big Vito. And what was even more embarrassing about this nonsense is that there was a photo that they used. Not a wrestling photo. A photo of Vito and his lovely wife, who's also a friend of mine, Lil Noel. And I got to tell you right now, it just, you know, on a personal level, I was, I was irritated by it. She's sitting there in her wheelchair, and we all know that she's in a wheelchair, and she's doing her thing, and Noel is fantastic, very active online, you know, she's podcasting, just a real breath of fresh air uh, anytime you get a chance to interact with her. For somebody to take a photo like that, as opposed to a, a, a wrestling photo of Big Vito, who's been in the business for damn near 30 years, it's just really embarrassing, and it's really frustrating, and it's it's something that needs to be called out, so... I'm bringing my buddy Big Vito on the, on the show here, and, and we're just going to kick it off and just talk about this nonsense and a few other uh, important items happening in pro wrestling. So without further ado, welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. My man, the Big Vito. How are you, Vito? Duke, how are you? Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to the millions and millions of Duke and Ike's out there listening to this podcast. I hope everybody's having a great holiday season. I hope everybody's feeling merry and cherry and Christmas on top. I hope we're going to have a fantastic show. I know we're going to have a fantastic show with some hot topics and something to talk about. But like you said, let's kick this off with something that's um, a little bit on the downside. Now, Duke, you made a point to say, hey, I've been in the business for 30 years. Um, there are a lot of people who like me, love me. They might hate me. Um, but, you know, the one thing is, you know, I do earn the respect from people because I stand up for myself, and I've done that. I'm not no jock sniffer. I'm not no ass kisser. If I was, I would have been world champion. But when it comes to family, okay, now everybody knows, you know, I only started podcasting to get my wife's. She had a mental health problem when she had the stroke. And the reason I started the podcast, I said, babe, you got to get your mind working again. Let's hit the computer. Let's Let's open up the brand. Let's do this. Let's do that with the help of my friend Vince Russo who helped guide me through the stuff. And with her working on the computer and get her brain working, that's the reason I did this. And we were living in Pennsylvania, as Duke knows, and, you know, weather wasn't good. Our health was going downhill. And then we made the move to Florida. So when we made the move to Florida, it was for a better lifestyle. And for her, being that she's handicapped and live her dream, live next to Disney. They have the opportunity to go to Disney, do what she wants at Disney, and, you know, everything is cool. So that the photo that we are referencing to and the article was that 10 guys who are banned from WWE for life. Well, what people don't know is when you say you're banned for life from WWE, guys, how many people have had lawsuits with the WWE who wind up working back for the WWE? Sam Punk ring a bell. Jerry Lola had a lawsuit. Brock Lesnar had a lawsuit, right? There are a few others who have lawsuits. Um, Brock Lesnar was about a non-compete clause. Jerry Lawler had something to do with some other stuff. But when you talk about, you know, saying you're, you're banned and you want to do that, hey, you want to take a shot at me? By all means, take a shot at me. You got 10,000 pictures of Big Vito. You got him big. You got him ripped. You got him jacked. You got, you know, everything. But when you put a picture of me and my wife, 
and you target my wife, okay? You, I mean, Duke, I'm going to say this, and if you have to beep it out, you know, no, I'm sorry, but to the people out there, you're a fucking scumbag. And if I ever see you, I ever run into you, we're going to have a man-to-man conversation. You're not going to like the end of, end, ending of it. And that's not a threat. It's saying we're going to have a conversation. It's going to be a very, a very verbal, the most verbal conversation you ever had in your life where you're going to cry. And for people that think that this is a threat, it's not. This is standing up for your wife and standing up for your family. You want to make fun of me? You want people have been taking shots at me for years. Ain't nobody ever stepped to me. So I ain't, well, I ain't sweat. I don't sweat it. But when you want to focus on my wife in a wheelchair because of a handicap and to not to mention that that picture was a special picture for us because it was the first time she ever seen a Disney Christmas. And I had lived in Florida before I said, Hey, let's go do this. And we took a picture with Santa Claus. And if people don't know and they look at that picture, okay, I still believe in Santa Claus. You can make fun of me if you want. But he said, Santa, I said, Santa, I says, um, he asked me, so what do you want for Christmas, young man? And I said, Santa, I just want my wife to walk again. That's all. So for you to take that picture and make that reference and be a fucking jerk off, okay, you deserve 50 slaps in the teeth. And you deserve, the, you deserve diarrhea for the rest of your life. But that was my Christmas wish last year. So with the, with the good, uh, good graces of God, her health, her health has gotten better to where she can live a more normal life. But for people like you who want to make it an item of the picture so you can get some dirt shoot, you know, views and get my, my attention, you got my attention. So now we're good. So did you get the attention of every other scribe, dirt sheet writer, everybody out there? And may I tell you that a lot of people might not like my views on things. That's fine. But they all respect me and they don't take cheap shots in my family. Because when you do that, and if I ever see you, then we're going to have a discussion. Go ahead, Duke. I think you can elaborate on that now. Yeah, well, well said, Vito. And I, I 100% don't blame you for anything that you said. And... I'm going to tell you right now, the website, The Things, name of the website is The Things, and their editor, their editor is Maddie Vita. Maddie, I reached out to you guys, okay? You guys need to get back in touch with me. And we need to talk about that, that ridiculous picture, and, and you're going to take it down because it's embarrassing. And, and we really need to review what's being posted on that website for this reason. If you even read the content, at least the wrestling content, it's, it's all just conjecture and inaccuracies being presented as some kind of fact, which is embarrassing. So the, the knucklehead who wrote it, I'm not even going to say his name, but Matty Vita, you need to get in touch with me, okay? We're going to take that picture down, and you need to review what's going on in your site, managing editor, and you know, show a little decency, a little class there. Uh, just you know, It's a garbage website if that's the kind of stuff you're posting, especially when you're, you're targeting somebody who is disabled i really don't understand that it doesn't make any sense so no you know i'm with you 100 man it, it, it pissed me off personally so i'm glad that um give you this time to just express yourself on that like, and i even did it i even did it in a nice manner i didn't even yell or scream i'm pretty proud of myself <laughs> and let me tell you nobody wants a pissed off big veto that's not a pretty sight yeah that's that's for damn sure good point you know that I got to tell you that nighttime Nyquil I'm taking at night works it keeps it calm until the middle of the afternoon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, 
state of, of, of yeah. keeping me calm here. Listen, we've had a hell of a 2019 in the wrestling world. Let's switch speeds here. Okay, there's there's just ahead. been all kinds of crazy stuff uh, going on. Let me ask you about a couple of things that have been major stories in 2019 and, and really going into 2020 is going to continue to build. Let's start off with something that people won't even see coming. Impact Wrestling. They got a program going right now that they've been working on for most of the year where you have Tessa Blanchard, okay? This is the daughter of Tully Blanchard, WWE Hall of Famer, Four Horsemen, what have you. Tessa has had, in my opinion, one of the best years in wrestling, bar none. She's traveled all over the world. She's won titles. She's faced men. She's faced women. She's faced everybody in between, whatever. Tessa is going to be challenging for the Impact Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Sammy Callahan. So Sammy's a guy now, right? Tessa's a woman. Right. What are your thoughts on that whole program there, uh, Vito? Because, again, you're a guy. you got over 30 years' experience. You wrestle all over the world. You wrestle in all the major promotions. You are a, a former title holder. Like, what are your thoughts on this whole intergender wrestling thing, and especially the way it's being presented with this Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan deal? Okay, guys. So I'm going to give you my skinny on it. I'm from the old school, and I, you know, I, you know, and you talk about guys, me watching guys, the biggest, the meanest guys in the world. You talk about Stan Hansen in Japan, talk about a Scott Norton in Japan, talk about a Terry Funk, talk about uh, the original Sheik with a sword, a Kendall Nagasaki, a Johnny Rods, you know, uh, Bad News Allen. You talk about some real badass guys, you know, him, uh, Haku, um, the Warlord, the Barbarian. Uh, Legion of Doom. All right, now I'm just giving you a few few names, right? A sit, a sit, a sit, I'll even put Sid in there, okay, as an imposing figure. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, neglecting anybody. I'm just making some on point. When you have those imposing figures and you're a guy and you're wrestling against these guys, you're like, okay, I got to be on top of my game because my manhood is here, and you know, you're not gonna cry. You're gonna go in there and fight. You're gonna go and take. When you're inexperienced. And you're saying, okay, what's going to happen? You being a tough guy, all right, there's some tough guys there. You know what I mean? But then once you have the, the wrestling experience behind you and you know how to handle yourself in a wrestling professional manner, then it evens out the ball field, okay? Now, guys against girls, you talk about the famous wrestlers, women wrestlers, like a fabulous Mula who was tough, a Luna Vachon who was tough. I just, I, 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 a Sherry Martell who was a Medusa who was tough. Now, when you talk about, I'll even throw China in there because she was an imposing woman figure, okay? you got to say what's believable and what's not believable. When you talk about her fabulous Moolah and her great career, would you say she should have wrestled Bruno for the title? No, a little bit far-fetched, right? Because we come from an era where men don't hit women. I know that's passe, it's old, but it is a fact. And, you know, domestic violence, dance, you know, is a place in today's society where if you even breathe on a woman the wrong way, she's going to jail. And you see all the lawsuits today on women, if they're grabbed, if they're touched, if they're this, if they're that, they're going to jail. It's a lawsuit. It's a big criminal thing. Okay? Now, with that said, you take nothing away from Tessa Blanchett and Sammy Callahan. They were given a, a storyline to do and to make, make, make news for impact, which is a great thing. But, guys, 
Tessa Blanchard, she's had a fabulous, tremendous 2019. She has come a long way, and kudos to her. She has a great wrestling background from her father to her uncles to her godfather, okay? So for her to come up the, up the ladder and to be at this point, you know, is a great thing for her. Now, being that Sammy Callahan has been in the industry and he's he was NXT, he asked that NXT, wanted to be his own guy, wanted to have freedom of his own creative. You know, hey, great. You know, you did, you, you're doing your thing. But now he's put in a position where, you know, he's wrestling a woman. Again, nothing bad, nothing said. He won the title from uh, Brian Cage, and, you know, he did it in, you know, uh, a heel fashion, which to say he is a good heel, you know, and he does his, he does his shtick, okay? So it's, um, it's, it's, it's a great thing. Now, when you get to the meat and potatoes of this, it's a man versus a woman. She's got to be 120 pounds, right? Sammy Callahan's got to be, you know, I'd say 240. Okay, so it's a 100-pound difference. When you talk about physicality, okay, and if it's like, you know, we want to we want to make it real. Tessa Blanchard hanging with Sammy Callahan, hey, okay, you're, you're tough, Tessa. I give it to you. But when you, it's your first title defense, I, I believe, I'm not sure, but I don't keep in touch with impact. I just see the main stuff and I'd comment on it. But when Sammy Callahan is all done and said with this angle, win or lose, where does he go from here as far as being a wrestler? It's it's up in the air. He loses. Where do you go from there? How do you be taken serious? How do you fight another guy if you lost to a girl? So it's like, you know, it's a it's a it's a catch twenty two. If Tessa Blanchard wins, okay you got a guy like Brian Cage, or even say if Brock wasn't a jump ship and went to impact. You mean to tell me that Tessa Blanche is going to fight a Brock Lesnar, a Rusev, a Braun Strowman, uh, a Roman Reigns, a Bobby Lashley? Now, guys, this, this is the kind of agenda that I'm talking about, big, strong, powerful men. Tessa Blanche, after all she's done, and this is my opinion, should never ever, ever lose to another woman as long as she lives if she's hanging with this man. That puts her head and shoulders above everybody else, you know, woman-wise. So that's the predicament that you're in because how come, you know, Tessa Blanche is not women's champion? If she's going for the world title, she should already have the women's strap on her waist and she could be a, 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 two, a, a two title holder where she'd have to give up one of the straps if you really wanted to make it a good TV watch. But you have her going for the title without, you know, being world champion for, for the ladies. Now, do correct me if I'm wrong. Has she been a women's champion at Impact? Oh, absolutely. She, she's she been women's uh, champion at Impact. And, in fact, she was carrying WOW superheroes. Um, she was a champion for overseas in there, too. So okay. she's – and, you know, she's a champion in Mexico, AAA. She's She's – definitely held all of the women's championships outside of WWE, let's say, if you want to talk major championships. No, like I said, I'm not I'm not an advocate. I'm not saying anything because I don't keep up with how many titles you want or anything. What I am saying is that if you're going to fight of the man's champion, you should have went in there as the woman's heavyweight champion. 
Now you're bringing extra spice to this, champion against champion. You follow what I'm saying? Because now she's going a little empty-handed. If she loses, she walks away empty-handed. But if she loses, she still walks away with the women's title. No, I, I definitely love that creative uh, veto. I, I think that would be really interesting to see the women's champion taking on the, the men's champion and, and, again, win or lose. That's a pretty cool visual there. She is going in just like any other competitor. But i, I got to tell you, I think that that's really the point. I think what Impact is doing in particular, I think we're going to see more of this. This isn't a Tessa Blanchard is above all women and that's it. I look at a girl like, like uh, Jordan Grace. She's not a girl, she's a woman. But I look at Jordan Grace, who is powerful and imposing and definitely could hurt somebody if she gets her hands on them. I can see her taking on a Sammy Callahan's a little guy. I mean, you know, he and I are, are pretty close to the same height. He's got a lot more weight on me. But, but was he, even, so was he five six, five seven? If if that, I think he's listed at five eight, five nine. But I don't, I don't even think he's five six. If this guy were to take on Big Vito or right. Brock Lesnar, somebody that has some size on them, even that visual. It's kind of hard to believe. So to to see him and Tessa Blanchard in the ring with each other, I got to be honest with you, that makes a lot more sense to me than to see him and Brian Cage in the ring together. You know, I mean, Sammy Callahan is not an imposing figure by any stretch of imagination, and to, and the guy just hurts himself. The, the the most impressive thing I've ever seen him do is spit on himself. He spits in the air and then he catches it with his own face, which is disgusting. It's not impressive at all. So well, I seen uh, I seen the one thing he did. Um, when he was doing a hardcore thing with the baseball bat, and I forget who the gentleman's name was. Eddie Edwards. He, uh, he blasted Eddie yeah. Edwards in the face with a live bat. With a live <laughs> Broke bat. the guy's face. <laughs> so. I, saw, I saw that one, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And all the years at ECW with New Jack and all those guys, never, never ever, seen it ever heard. We've never, never seen ever, ever no. heard anybody like that. No, but never like seen it like, like you said, Right now, could it be that Sammy Callahan is a transition champion? Well, he's got to be. He's got to be put in that spot because no matter what, he's so unbelievable anyway, and, and he and he's so forgettable anyway that if he loses to Tessa Blanchard, it's not going to be the end of the world. As opposed to a Bobby Lashley, a, a Brock Lesnar, a Roman Reigns losing a Tessa Blanchard. That, I mean, that would actually be a bigger deal. Uh, it would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's just like I'll give you an ins- I'll give you an instance. That's just like when Stephanie McMahon was in there wrestling against her father, and Stephanie had to fight Brock and all those guys. Remember during the Attitude Era when Stephanie was in the ring and taking bumps and she getting beat up, and she actually had a wrestling match with Vince, and they were hitting each other and doing that. You don't want to see that, you know, and especially at that high level from a father-daughter, let or less a stranger. Here's what I'll say to that, the sentiment. First and foremost, and this is for everybody, all right, so so listen up, folks, because we're going to make this clear once and for all. Number one, I don't have a problem with anybody who is against seeing men and women wrestling each other. Okay, because I feel like you got your reasons, and that's that's how you view it. That's how you feel about it. 
I don't agree on a personal level. I think men and women definitely can wrestle against each other. I mean, Jesus Christ, I, I, I have women who are law enforcement officers in my family. They got to fight men, really, take big men down and handcuff them and, and lock them up and stuff. So I understand the concept of a strong woman and being just as strong, just as tough, can fight and get their ass kicked and kick ass just as much as any man. I've seen it. I've lived it. I understand it. Um, so for that reason, I'm not against seeing it. But I will say, and this is where you and I are on the same page, Vito, it's got to be presented in a manner that is believable. It's got to make right. sense. And you're absolutely right. If you were to put Tessa Blanchard in there with a Brock Lesnar, that's not believable. Bobby Lashley, even a big V. You today, Vito Lagrazo, if you were to step in the ring with Tessa Blanchard, there's nobody in their right mind who's going to believe that if it's just a one-on-one match, Tessa's going to win that match. She's going to have to run over you with a Mack truck. But Sammy Callahan, Callahan, this guy, uh, I can see her kicking his ass because he's a little twerp anyway. So and, and yeah, I said it, Callahan. I'll say it again. I don't believe in you, man. I think that you're you're a glorified stump, man. I, I don't believe in whatever you bring to the table that we can see. You might be a great guy behind the scenes. You might be a nice booker because you run a few shows yourself. People may love you. I'm telling you right now, when I see you on the television screen in any wrestling promotion, Sammy Callahan, I don't believe. I believe her over you ten times a day. And twice on Sunday. I'm just telling you right now. This guy, I, I'm surprised they put the belt on him. So he's got to be a transitional champion. Long story short, Vito, because there's no way in hell you would put a belt on a guy like that and expect him to carry your, your company. He, he's embarrassed. No. no, you're right. That's a good point. But let's end this as congratulations to both of them. I hope Impact is successful and may the best man, best man or woman win. And let's hope for the best. Tessa Blanchard, if you can't beat Sammy Callahan, then I, I don't know what, what to say about you going forward. I don't think you can beat anybody. Um, so, And I've seen you beat a lot of great people, so you better beat that guy. Uh, but you're right. Let's move on here. I'm talking to my man, Big Vito. He's going to get me in trouble here because, you know, when, when I talk to Vito, uh, it's unfiltered. I, I'll say whatever, man, because, you know, Vito brings it out of me. Um, you get emotional. You get emotional. I, I get a little emotional. i got to tell you, I definitely do. Speaking of emotions, Lana Rusev. Bobby Lashley, the love triangle heard around the world online. They've done over 30 million hits. It legitimately, now listen to this, Vito, just based on the online streaming figures alone, it is the most profitable angle in the WWE and for the year 2019, solely based on the amount of money that they've gotten from all the people going online and watching every single week, every single time they do something. And ironically, it has very little to do with pro wrestling. Right. It's just a soap opera type of deal there. So i got to ask my man Big Vito, what do you think of that angle? Uh, do you agree with how it's been built? Is there a way to improve upon it? Overall, what are your thoughts on the Lana Rusev-Bobby Lashley love triangle? I think it is horrible and unrealistic. I'm going to give you my reason why. You know, when you're married, you know, hey, some some things are sacred. And when you go home at night, you know, your wife comes first, you put her first, your wife is the trophy, your wife is your, supposed to be your partner, your best friend. So you wrestle together and you, you're working for a company together. You, both of you are making money, right? And you travel, say if you work on the same brand, hey, bonus. You work on separate brands, say, you know, time away, 
Mr. Hawk or founder, you know, what, what it, what it is what it is. But when you exploit your marriage on TV and you have another man kissing on your woman and holding your woman and touching a woman in very peculiar places or seeing your woman naked, you know, there's got to come a point where you got to draw a line somewhere. And, you know, I think as a husband and a man, you know, there are some things you just don't do for TV, no matter how much they're going to pay you. Now, I think some of the stuff that they've done is unrealistic and unbelievable, and I think it's, you know, it, it, for TV purposes, it hasn't been good. It's it's horrible to watch. You know, the promos, you know, there have been some blips. But, you know, they've gone to, you know, Rusev has gotten his ass kicked, gotten his ass kicked, gotten big, he tapped Bobby, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, what, what people seem to forget is, you know what, they still go back to the same house. They're still living in the same neighborhood. They're still seen by people. Do you know that the concept of people, what they think of, you know, her being that this is an interracial um, social media agenda today and times are different, you know, and things for Rusev and things for her and people have something to say and everybody's open-minded about their verbiage and how they describe people. Well, what did anybody ever think about that, how it affects people after wrestling or in their personal life? I'm going to give you the the two best scenarios for the for the pop of the year, and I hope WWE is listening. On one, I hope that they get to the altar, and they're going to do their bows, and there's an, an interruption, and somebody comes walking down the aisle, and Bobby Lashley turns out to be gay, and it was just a front. Talk about shock value. Talk about trending. That would be the number one trending thing all around the world. You want to make news? Let's make news. If they were going to postpone this wedding and, like, you know, have them go into different things and add a couple weeks to it, I would say you'd find Bobby Lashley with a bunch of bills in his hand and Rusev walking along. Hey, man, what's the matter? Bobby Lashley just, yo, man, you don't understand. I got all these bills, and she's driving me crazy. My credit cards are Yo, man, I totally don't understand. That's why I enjoy my life now. I'm much richer for it. So Bobby and Rusev walk off, and there's Rusev having a time in his life, two women, three women, parties. Bobby joins in, and all of a sudden, Lana's out in the street. Listen, Lana, this worked out good, but I kind of like Rusev's lifestyle. I got to go. So then you have a possible monster tag team in Rusev and Bobby Lashley fighting for the tag team titles with Lana on the outside trying to recruit tag teams, and she's being the heel manager a la Vicky Guerrero, and her bringing tag teams to the table to beat them, and these guys are unbeatable. There's my take on it. Huh. I, you know, I got to tell you, Vito, I got to give you credit with the fact that you definitely, your mind for the business is still there. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Um, especially that second, un- Can that? I tell you something? It is an untapped mind with 30 years of experience that has been to every territory and worked for every major company and worked for every great booker in the in the world. Go on. Well, I was going to say the second scenario in particular, definitely from a long-term booking perspective, that, that has some legs. The first one where you come to find out uh, Lashley is gay that's a, that's a hot shot. So in the in the in the moment, yeah, everyone is going to be like, "Oh my God, look at that, look at that." But then where do you go from there? 
You know, but the second scenario where you turn those guys into a tag team and then now Lana is feuding with them and she's got she's recruiting teams to take them on, and then what you can do is eventually she ends up managing the both of them. You know, that could be another two years. You can get at least two years of her, at least the next year of her chasing them and getting different tag teams to go after them and blah, blah, blah. And then finally she gives up and then they let her manage them and then her and Rusev get back together. It's the Randy Savage and and, and the Miss Elizabeth thing all over again with the reunion. You know, there's there's a lot that you can do with that. So I I, I see where you're going. Um, And, hey, a lot of folks can't stand what they've seen so far and what i say to that quite frankly is yeah it's not for me and it's not for you whoever they're marketing to are the people that are watching other programs when raw is on so one of the things i I take a look at Vito, is all right so what are the programs that are on that are competing with the wwe and of course this time of year you got football so whatever Monday Night Football and ESPN's coverage of football, those are always going to do really well. That's just a fact, right? But what else do we have? Well, we got basketball wives. We got love and hip hop. We got Real Housewives. We have these reality shows, which center around conflicts within relationships. So the notion that the WWE is taking that formula and adding it to at least one storyline in their company and they're making a bunch of money off of it, it doesn't surprise me. It's not for me, but I understand why they're doing it. And I think your scenario, especially the second one, is a good balance to get us back to pro wrestling at some point. But i got to be honest with you, the way that they're going and because of the money they're making, they're not going to get there anytime soon. I don't think so. think like people have uh, but the biggest thing is like they want viewers right and when you see lana and bobby lashley then you turn it off because you don't want to watch the garbage on tv you know online people are bored and hey, let me turn on the freaking bobby lashley thing let me see what they did oh that was horrible but they still made the view when you turn it on tv people turn it off yeah yeah no you you, you definitely are on to something there i will say though that at least online, WWE, they they got to deal with YouTube and they got advertising and things like that going on, which is why I said they're, they're making a lot of money off of that angle in particular. So you're not going to get rid of that because that's found money. That's money that wasn't on the books before that you were able to generate. And as long as people keep watching, which you want to see this big muscled-up guy, you want to see the, this hot lady, you want to see this other uh, muscled-up guy and the two guys are feuding with each other over the hot lady. And, oh, by the way, the lady is, is literally pale white, and the muscle one of the muscled-up guys is black, and the other guy, he could be anything. You know, he's kind of an in-between. You're appealing to so many different audiences, whether they love it or hate it. It's kind of hard to turn away from for too long. You at least take a glance at it because it's like, what the hell is going on here? So it's just it's a train wreck, but it's a train wreck that we're definitely at least going to look at for a second, you know. And the one team, the one team that they would get, who could be the surprise team to beat them, team that's been on the shelf is the Usos. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. In which that would be a great series of tag team matches. Yeah. Um, that would just, you know, she's hiring them, which that's it. You know, they're, they're doing it for the money. It would be great. It would be great. And, and just those those could be main events anywhere. 
anywhere in the in the world, those would be main events. That that tag team match, good good stuff, there, Vito. Listen, I, I got one more for you. Switching here, and really, it's been the biggest story of 2019. All Elite Wrestling. They were put together by the son of a multi-billionaire, uh, Tony Khan. His father, Shad Khan, he owns a, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he owns a, what is it, Ful- Fulham uh, uh, FC, which is a soccer club up there in, in, in England. He even owned, he was an auto parts guy, and, and he managed to make just a fortune. Now he's in the sports and stuff like that. So they, they build this wrestling promotion, and immediately. They hire a bunch of wrestlers and make them executive vice presidents, whatever the hell that means. So you got you got the boys who are active wrestlers, and they're executives in the company on top of that. So Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks, guys who have no experience being executives in wrestling companies, but now they are, and they're all still wrestling, which is just interesting. So... This all elite wrestling, they get a they get a, a deal with TNT, so now they're on national TV, competing against the WWE on Wednesday nights because WWE puts out NXT. From your perspective, Vito, you've seen a, a, almost a year's worth of all elite wrestling. Right. What's your general impression of them? Before we even get specific into some of the garbage that we saw over the past week, what's your general impression of the company? And do you feel that they're built for the long haul? Well, here it is, guys. You know, for years, everybody wanted an alternative and wanted, you know, a company to compete with the WWE. So with nothing in the can and only going on house shows, you had uh, a gentleman. I'm not going to use the word money mark and all that. I'm going to just say a gentleman who was an investor in ADW who decided to put this on the market. House shows, eh. Okay, you're investing. It's a tax write-off. But now you're talking about TV with nothing in the can, nothing to promote. You're talking about one major star, Chris Jericho. And I mean that, I mean that whole heart. Now, I'm looking at this as from the other side, guys. I'm not talking about being a wrestler or anything. You have one major star who has major TV who's been a world champion, one, Chris Jericho. Okay? A lot of great things, a lot of exposure, a lot of great entrepreneurship that he has possessed to make his way to wrestling with and without WWE. When you talk about the second-tier stars, talking about Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, okay? When you're talking about guys, now this is just the beginning, guys, okay? I'll get to the other people. When you're talking about guys who did not make it to the top of the realm in WWE after five and six different gimmick changes in Cody Rhodes. He hooks up, but he goes on the independence. He gets to do his thing. I'm mostly because his name is Cody Rhodes and I explanation point Rhodes. I'm not saying anything about his wrestling. I'm just talking about name value, right? You know, and eventually you have to wrestle. So I'm saying on Rhodes, on the Rhodes name, he's gotten these opportunities outside the WWE. Not to say that in the WWE didn't have opportunities, because you did have quite a few opportunities to be world champion and to make it, and you know, and you did not accomplish it. You were you were lost in the shuffle. And the times you had, you were up there with the main guys. You just didn't you didn't produce. So now you're on a smaller scale, 
and then you add the rest of the talent. Now, you added John Moxley, who came, who was released, and he's a star, and he had star power. So you got Moxley, you have uh, Jericho. You have Jack, uh, Jack Swagger, he's a former world champion, okay? Then you have all this unseen talent who never had um, major TV exposure. Kenny Omega is a great international star. The Young Bucks are great, you know, independent stars. You know, a lot of the guys on there, you know, are guys who have never been on the major TV network and, and the guys who have never had that major TV exposure were never groomed for TV. There's a big difference in going on TV and being groomed. When you're groomed, that means you're ready. When you're ungroomed and you're going on there and you flop and you have blips and you have bloopers, maybe you weren't ready, you know? The psychology that they're using is very independent. Flip, 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 run, 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 flip, 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 run, run, flip, flop, boom, plump, plump. Where do you sell? Where do you do? Everything is a high-impact, high move that everybody's diving over the rope in every match. So there's nobody who grabs a hold, nobody who works as a stout wrestler to say, okay, I'm going to change the complex of my match, grab a hold, and do stuff like that. Kenny Omega is a you know, great you know, transition wrestler, and he, you know, he was accomplished in Japan, world champion in Japan, and kudos to him. You know, but when you talk about all the other guys who've been there, they're relatively unknowns, trying to get, make a name in the wrestling industry. Everybody's main goal in life is to make it as a WWE superstar, whether you're in AEW or not. You know, one day AEW might close, and you're going to say, what's the next thing for me? You want to go to WWE. Because that's where you want to go. That's where the big fish are. That's where the big money is. That's where the most exposure you will ever have in your life will ever be. Because it isn't on Impact. It isn't in the NWA. It isn't in uh, MLB. It isn't um, on any other local wrestling company. Because when you talk about major companies, WWE, then you talk about, you know, AEW. Now, not with uh, not without saying, NXT is their developmental company who has been brought into light and giving a TV show, right? But they have been groomed and been doing TVs for years down there, and now they've been giving a chance to be their own brand. They're on a smaller scale in a smaller studio, and I'm not saying studio or arena, where they do have a, a bunch of people where it looks jam-packed every week and the people are into this. It's like a cult following, just like ECW. So to those fans of NXT, when they get out there, they're able to fill the 15,000-seat stadium, the Barclays Center, they go overseas and they fill out because this is a brand, this is something that's been in the can, this is something that has been brought upon us slowly. And many guys who are wrestling on the main roster today – have come from NXT because back in 2005, when uh, FCW was branded, you know, they had the idea, we're tired of using WCW guys and everybody from their other companies. We want to make our own stars. That's why we opened up our own developmental in, in Ohio Valley and in Deep South. And that's what the concept was, to make their own stars. And then from those places, you got Randy Orton, you got John Cena, you got Brock Lesnar, you got Batista, um, you have... Um, quite a few other names to come through there. But you talk about the guys who came through, that's the concept of NXT. Now, 
with the competition. When it comes to competition, WWE was a little scared they're going to lose their fan base, so they sent the main roster to NXT after the first week because it was, you know, they didn't want to lose. So now that the rating switch has switched and you have the main roster guys showing up, people are watching NXT to see who's going to show up next from the main roster. Maybe The Rock will show up. Maybe Brock Lesnar will show up. Maybe uh, Cena will make an appearance. Maybe Batista. You know, you don't know because they bring in random stars from the main roster to compete at the, at the NXT level. When it comes to AEW, what they have on TV is what they have. They don't have the influx of stars. They've been bringing in different announcers like Vicky Guerrero and Taz, and I believe Colt Cabana just went over there, but he really hasn't had any major exposure, you know, to say he's a TV figure, but he's an independent guy. And just like the rest of the other, you know, talent that they have who has never had major TV exposure. So when you talk about what's going on, the competition of AEW and NXT, where do we stand? We're at 50-50 right now. And now with that said, you go ahead and give your view on it. I just, I look at AEW and I've been saying it from the beginning. I feel like they're... The only way to view them honestly is is what they are, and it's something that they don't even want to admit to. They're a startup. They're a brand new company, just starting off, trying to figure things out. And as a result of that, especially when you have people in positions that aren't used to being in leadership positions and decision making positions, at least not on that scale, there's a lot of failure. There's a lot of things that they're getting wrong which is okay because that's how you learn. What I am frustrated with with AEW is the fact that they market a lot of stuff that they don't completely deliver on. I'll give you a prime example, Vito. They said that they were going to take women's wrestling seriously and that they were going to pay women equally and they were going to treat women equally and all this other nonsense here and... If you deliver on those things, that would have been the greatest thing since sliced bread. Can you imagine a wrestling company where the women are getting featured and paid, most importantly, paid as much as the men? That that would be incredible, right? Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. They weren't able to deliver on that. And you know why they weren't able to deliver on that? Because they they, they never thought about the fact that somebody would actually expect them to do the very thing they said they were going to do. If Big Vito says to me, Duke, come down to the restaurant. I I know this great place. They serve the best veal parmesan you ever have in your life. If I go down to the restaurant and they serve me burgers, after a while I'm going to start asking questions here. Where the hell is the veal parmesan at? You know? Right. So they never gave us the veal parmesan. They, they they never actually, I mean, Jesus Christ, Vito, if you see more than one women's match on, on AEW Dynamite, then it's a great week because it, it's very rare that they could even show more than one women's match, not but because they don't have do women think, to do it, because they, they, they're not committed to it. Right? No. I'm going to give you the answer, and this might not be the most, you know, popular answer in the room, but... I just think that, like I just said before, these ladies who listen to AEW are ungroomed. They don't have the experience to be on TV, and it's not very good wrestling. 
But here's my issue with that, and I don't disagree with you. Here's my issue with that, though, Vito. You start a brand-new company. you got a multi-billionaire who has all this money to throw around, right? You have an entire industry, an entire world of athletes. You have some experienced people who allegedly are supposed to be good at what they do, pro wrestling. You mean to tell me for an entire year, and however many months before that when you were tossing around, kicking around this idea, trying to figure out how to put this together, you mean to tell me you couldn't find any women to hire, to put on TV, to give decent matches when you have the WWE with women in the friggin' main event, when you have wild superheroes that's in all women's promotion, all it is is women, and they're on they're on national TV. You, you got women out there who could wrestle, Vito. The problem is AEW decided that they didn't want to hire those women because then they would actually have to pay them. <laughs> They would actually have to pay these women and feature them, which is clearly not something that they were interested in doing. Because if they were, then they would have done it. So it just, but, it's embarrassing you, what they've done. It is, but you, 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 you hit a point in the beginning of what we talked about. You mentioned the CEOs and the vice presidents and the corporates, right? And the one thing that ruined WCW was when the boys ran the asylum. And right now, the boys run the asylum at AEW, and you see the ramifications because Cody's got to be in an angle. The Young Bucks got to be in an angle. Omega's got to be in an angle. Um, Jericho is in his own angle. That's what the inner circle is. It's supposed to be, you know, a mocking of the rest of the front office. So you talk about what's going on. The boys are running the asylum with nobody there. When Cody said, we don't need a head writer and we don't need a producer, well, I guess then maybe, you you know, when you're looking at things and your ratings are going down, maybe you do need a head writer, maybe you do need a producer. And the agents that they have, with the, some of the stuff they got going on TV, I know they know better, but if you got the boys doing everything and everybody's afraid to go against the boys because they're VPs, how can anybody voice their opinion without them getting fired? That That is the absolute best take I have ever heard in regard to All Elite Wrestling since they, they, their inception. Like, legitimately, Vito, you just you just knocked it out of the park with that last one there. If 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 the boys are running the asylum and they're the, the EVP, they're the executives, then people who were there, and I'll name names like Jim Ross, like Arn Anderson, who's been hanging around lately, like Tony Schiavone, like, like uh, Dean Malenko, who's been hanging around lately. People who know better, people who've forgotten more than all those EVPs have ever learned, uh, you know, you can't tell the boys that the boys are wrong when the boys are also the bosses. So right. we, we definitely got to – and when the boys are paying you handsomely to just be there, they're using your name. There's no way in hell you got a guy around you like Arn Anderson and you put out the garbage that they put out this past week. And let's just jump right into I, it, Vito. I hope you I hope you highlight what I just said, and I hope because that's the truth. That put, is the put, it, put it in bright lights. It was perfect. It, it literally is the perfect soundbite, and it, it absolutely captures what all elite wrestling is and what the main problem is in that place. And and let's let's expand upon that. This past week, it's their last episode of the right. year. So this is the last thing that we're going to see for the next couple of weeks from them. 
Okay. They get this group that they call the Dark Order. They come out and they attack the elite. They attack Dustin and Cody and all the other guys, the Bucks, whatever. They attack the big names in the company, beat the hell out of them in the ring. Except for the fact that at least one guy, he couldn't beat the hell out of a grape. I mean, the guy was throwing what I assume were supposed to be punches. The only problem is not only was he not connecting to Dustin, who's just laying on the ground there, he was punching the mat. Okay. So here's what I, I, well, hold on, here's my question to you, though. Over 30 years experience, a guy who's been all over the world, didn't you beat Masawa at one point? I mean, literally, Vito Lagrazo, a guy who was known for strong style, a guy who did hardcore matches, a guy who legitimately was a kick-ass, take-no-prisoners kind of guy, when you see on national, international TV to end the damn program and what's supposed to be alternative, what's supposed to be at least the number two promotion in the world, you see a guy in the ring on top of a Hall of Famer in Dustin Rhodes, and he's throwing what's supposed to be punches that couldn't even connect if Dustin was on top of him. It just didn't even, like, what, what do you say to that, Vito? Here's what I'm going to say, and everybody listen up and real, really get your headphones and turn up the value. I am going to say that I'm going to save I'm going to save AEW right now. I'm going to save them. I'm going to say it was genius. I'm going to say this was the best thing to happen to them. You know why? Because this is the most trending and talked about angle that never touched in all of pro wrestling. Okay, so Tony Khan saved about $150,000, $200,000 in advertising just by having this. So that's one way to take it. I just saved them some dignity right there. And wouldn't you know it, Big Vito LaGrasso has done it again. This angle in that clip, wouldn't you think that there's going to be a heel turn and who better than Dustin Rhodes to join the friggin', to join the elite? And join the bubbly, then to, for him to turn on his own brother for a guy not even touching him and selling on national TV for the question to be asked when he comes, hey, Dustin, what were you doing on the bottom of there? Why was this happening? I just saved AEW, so now you do have an angle to go on, even if you weren't thinking about it. So there you go. There's your Christmas gift, guys. You don't have to hire me, but at least send us a fruit basket to the house. Unbelievable! That that is legitimately just completely brilliant, Vito. That is brilliant, and it saves the whole damn thing. Exactly. And you know something? If these bozos, and I don't mind saying it, I'm not looking for a job from them. If these bozos had any sense, they wouldn't be responding at all. And you're absolutely right. They would just let everybody talk all the nonsense, and then when they came back it would be the focus on what the hell was Dustin doing. You know, why was he pretending like he was getting hit when he wasn't? Oh, come to find out he's part of the Dark Army. He's with Jericho. He's with everybody who's against his own brother. It starts their feud back up again. That's brilliant. But you know something? They've already killed that opportunity because they've all been responded to it and said it's not a big deal. Dustin buried the guy who was throwing the bad punches. He already did that online. So it's like... 
know? He's got to say something. He has to say something to preserve it. If it wasn't the intent to have this angle, now at least they have an angle. Maybe it wasn't what they prescribed, but from me sitting home and watching this garbage, that's the save, just like the Lana and everything. And that's what I, that's the point I make, dude. I sit home week after week with all this experience and I could teach and I could produce and I could write. I'm not saying I'm the greatest. I'm not saying I'm going to be Paul Hammond. I'm going to save the attitude. Ever. No, from Vito LaGrasso, a guy who sits home with 30 years experience and I see things from the different perspective because I'm well-rounded, not only from a wrestling aspect, but from a backstage aspect and a psychology that has been forgotten, wrestling one-on-one. And if I got the opportunity to teach and put this into thing, people would start to respect wrestling again. Well, let's jump all over that then, Vito. If, if there are any decision makers out there, anyone with a, with a company that they want somebody with, with your kind of experience, somebody who actually understands the business and who thinks creatively, has been there and done that all over the world, What's the best way that people can reach out to Big Vito Lagrazo to see if they can, you know, do some business with you, bring you in, figure some things out, and hopefully improve upon their their product? Because, like you said, this is wrestling one on one that you're talking here, and it's sorely missed in 2019 and going into 2020. It's clear that there are a lot of companies out there that could use somebody who's willing to speak up and who's not afraid to tell the boys when they're wrong, and who has have some kind of grasp on things here. So, Vito, how, how do folks reach out to you? Just go to Big Vito at BigVito.com. Shoot me an email. You can go to my Twitter account. You can DM me at the Big Vito brand. You can go on Facebook, you know, Big Vito LaGrasso. You can head up um, Noel Harlow, you know, at the, um, Spilling the Reality, you know, my partner. And, uh, guys, you know, hit us up on Twitch, you know, the Big Vito brand. You know, subscribe to our brand. You know, I'm glad I got the opportunity to sit here with Duke and share these views with you, you know, because this is the truth. And nobody wants to tell the truth about wrestling because everybody's afraid to step on toes. But if you do have that kind of mindset and you're able to speak your mind, the boys can't run the asylum. You know, some angles and some things in wrestling are sacred. There are 10,000 other things you could do. But I think with all the minds that are up at the WWE, I think they're fresh at ideas. I think at AEW... I think when you have the boys who run the asylum and nobody wants to follow direction, that's where the sour grapes came in before. And nobody wants the same thing because everybody's probably getting paid from the investor. And, you know, as far as impact goes, I mean, they're trying to do their best to create a buzz. Might not be the best buzz, but at least the people are talking. Just really good stuff there with Big Vito. Real good guy. Just a real good guy. Stand-up guy. A person who cares about his family, cares about his friends, has a great mind for the wrestling business. There's a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. So, and I always got time for Vito, just good dude. So, shout out to Vito, Lil Noel, his wife, she's fantastic as well. Real good people. You know, folks, it's Christmas, and as you know, a week from uh, today, we're going to be in the new year and all that good stuff there. Every year I say this to you, and I cannot stress the point enough. I'm begging you, please, do not drink and drive. Do not drink and drive because you just you don't want to go down that road. You know, why put yourself and others at risk? It's not worth it. So 
again, I beg of you, do not drink and drive. That's right. That's right. I don't know about you, but I'm excited for the new year. And I'm excited because we've had such a fantastic 2019 in the wrestling world. And even on this show, it's been fantastic as well. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. But I can tell you one thing. I appreciate each and every one of you listeners of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. You are all fantastic. You know, it doesn't matter if you tell me how much you love the show, if you tell me things you don't like about the show, something in between. All the suggestions for people who I should have on the show and topics we should talk about. It's just all great stuff, man. Just real great stuff. I appreciate it. And I appreciate it because I don't care who you are in life. You don't accomplish things all by yourself. There has to be some kind of assistance, some kind of help, some kind of suggestion that helps keep you on the right path towards your goals. So, again, just the fact that all of you folks out there, the interactions on social media, you know that I work tirelessly to pump out information and to respond to all of you as much as I can. I'll debate anybody, but at the end of the day, it's all love. It's all respect, man. And that's we can build from that foundation. And we certainly have these last uh, four years going on here, and we're going to keep that going. That's for sure. That's right. So, again, please be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Be careful out there. Enjoy your holiday. You know, we released this a day early because I wanted to make sure that my Christmas gift to you, my holiday gift to you, Kwanzaa, uh, Festivus, whatever you celebrate, Hanukkah, my gift to you dropping this show early so you got something to listen to while you're unwrapping presents you go into the in-laws house whatever you're gonna do and i'm gonna tell you right now i'm gonna try to get the show out before next week i'm gonna try to get it out uh say on new year's day we'll go early again next week we'll see you know but if not happy new year be safe let's get excited about some more fantastic wrestling in 2020 and with all of that said For one last time in 2019, take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.